Blog Talk Radio. that we make to NATO 
as opposed to the percentage that other countries make. Uh, he did make a point of that, and I don't really understand um, that whole thing about our financial support seems out of proportion with other countries. So apparently that is being worked on. But we do need to kind of stick together. It's a tough world out there. You need to have allies and friends. Yeah. So um, you, need, you need them in your personal life. You also need them as a country. Um, I think the thing that was most amazing this week was um, the rescue of the Thai boys. It just shows how people all over the world responded and worked together to rescue those boys. It was just an amazing thing. So people really can get together and work together to do something important. Yeah, no, it's true. And we, we, we've got, uh, I'm sorry, there are some technical problems here with this, uh, with this stuff, but uh, I, it's crazy. So um, I found that to be really amazing and wonderful. It just, that was the best of humanity. What was that, though? To get together to rescue those boys. Oh, yeah. That was the best of us, the best that was in yeah, us, to come right. together right. in a crisis and how they worked together, they figured it out. It, it was just an amazing thing. Can't we apply that to other things? I don't know. And why can't we succeed? Why do we have to use bombs and strong-arm people and threaten people sure. and send armies in? Well, it just doesn't make any sense to me. Uh, it really doesn't. But that's the way we are, folks, and that's the way it's happening. And this goddamn network is screwed all up. Now, I'm sorry, folks, but I, I'm really upset about this. Um... It just doesn't work. I mean, everything is screwed up on this network. Hmm. Yeah. You, know, you know, you can't get into the... They must be having a problem. They must be. Uh, but let's just go on with some of the well, things really, that... Well, it's really upsetting because I, I, I really... I mean, I, I understand, Lila, but I, I mean, I'm trying to overlook this, this major problem. And, and, and I, it's, it's, it's well, you can't do anything about it. They're going to have to fix it. So let's just work with what we have right at this go. moment. Okay, thank you. Ooh, got it here. Okay. But it, it shortened my, my time, so I, I don't know what's going to happen. We're going to try to continue uh, on, a, on, a less, on a live stream. If anybody wants to listen to the show um, for the rest of the, I'll, I'll notify them. But you can call in, and we can hear the rest of the program. All right? But it's going to be on uh, It's a live stream. Okay, but uh, uh, I keep going. And it's, yeah, the show is recorded, but not for um, a whole hour. So we'll work with what we have, folks. Okay. Uh, all right. This is something that. Yeah, there's so much different stuff today that I, I wanted to talk about. But this came up a while back, but uh, if anybody knows who Christopher Edges is, he was a war reporter for... Uh, very uh, outspoken. And, and uh, came back with a very distant, different look upon things. 
but he was a reporter uh, for the in the Pal in Palestine in Gaza, watching uh, during the occupation of Gaza by the Israelis, and he stated that children have been shot in other conflicts I have covered, but never before have I watched a soldiers entice children like. Uh, Mice into Mice. a trap and murdered them for sport. Yeah, and this is uh, Christopher Hedges says about his assignment in Gaza. He was disgusted, completely disgusted by what he saw there, and, he's and been, the atrocity and the genocide. They don't give him any. Um, oh no, well, he, he's he's problem. a discredited kind of guy, you know. Yeah. You know, you know, he's. Well, he speaks truth. Yeah, yeah anybody who speaks truth. Oh, this was exciting. Black woman, uh, first black woman named president of the American Medical Association. Isn't that great? Oh, I wonder who she is. Yeah, I'll tell you. What a beautiful lady. Yeah, very nice nice to know that that, that first first person. That success is uh, credited to her. Yeah. Dr. Patricia Harris has made history by becoming the first African-American woman elected to be president of the American Medical Association. Harris, who hails from Bluefield, West Virginia, and was elected last month, will serve as the association's 174th president. Not amazing. Hmm. I mean, from Bluefield, West Virginia. The, uh, the West Virginia University graduate, who begins her tenure as president June 2019, knew she wanted to be a doctor, but she wasn't sure how to achieve it, since no one in her family had gone to medical school. No one in my family had gone to medical school. I had no family friends that did. Harris said, it's not an easy thing to do if you don't know or don't have uh, guidance as what to major in. Harris studies, uh, studies psychiatry in Atlanta, Georgia, and told the Gazette Mail that she initially wanted to pursue another form of medicine. It was my plan to be a pediatrician. That was my plan up until my third year of medical school, she said. The brain was just fascinating to me when I went to my third year, and she decided uh, she could merge her love for working with children with and adolescents with psychiatry. So she had a calling to do that, and now she's the president of the American Medical Association. That's very nice. Good for uh, her. Very, yeah, Congratulations. Nice. nice to see that. Now, this, I thought this was funny. But yeah, there's a picture of Rod Sterling. Mr. Twilight Zone, and uh, I like this very much. It says, imagine, if you will, a group of people so disgusting that they have to make laws making it illegal to hate them. <laughs> hmm. That's the Zionists? Yeah. And the Republicans. <laughs> <laughs> Zionists and Republicans. We can't yeah. stand you. This is funny. This is a Trump train, all aboard the Trump train that crashed under a bridge. Yeah. <laughs> I guess they couldn't read. No, they, they couldn't give warning the signs, yeah. you know, too low. Now, here's something really weird. Tiny homes banned in the U.S. as increasing rate as, as um, government criminalizes off-grid living. So anybody who's living off the grid uh-huh. is, is living illegally now. No? Huh. As the corporatocracy, 
finding even more ways to funnel wealth to the top, humanity responds in a number of ways, including the rising popularity of tiny houses. These dwellings, uh, typically defined as less than 500 square feet, are a way for people to break free of mortgages, taxes, utility bills, and general trappings of stuff. And they're especially attractive to millennials and retirees or those seeking to live off the grill. The grid. The grid. But now they're, they're criminalizing them. But government and corporations uh, depend on rampant consumerism and people cannot... And people being connected to the grid. Right. Seeking uh, actual freedom through minimalist living uh, should, uh, should seem like a natural fit for the American dream. But the reality is that many governments around the world either ban tiny homes or force them to be connected to the utility grid. And as of now, few cities allow standalone tiny houses. Most communities have minimum square footage requirements for single-family homes, mandating that smaller dwellings be an accessory to a larger traditional home. Many also have rules requiring that dwellings uh, be hooked to utilities, which is a problem for tiny house enthusiasts who want to live off the grid. Now, I don't know that about that, but uh, you know, you, you need some kind of a septic system. But it's kind of a long article, but I suggest you might want to go to it, uh, the Truth Reporter. Yeah, and uh, tiny homes banned in U.S. So, so much for that. I guess if you're out in the in the woods somewhere, yeah. Uh, yesterday, BMW announced it will move production for its SUVs out of South Carolina and into China as a result of Trump's idiotic trade war, which has made U.S.-made cars more expensive in China. Oh, and today Tesla announced it will also uh, build a new plant in China to avoid the new tariffs on U.S.-made cars. Hey, Trump supporters, when does the winning start? That's something. Year-old baby appears in immigration court, cries hysterically. Poor yeah. little guy, poor girl. Yeah, I mean, just the Why did they do that to a little baby? A year-old boy the, in federal yeah, custody. Yeah, yeah. The judge said he was embarrassed to ask if the boy understood the proceedings. Oh, oh give me, this is this is a craziness. A year-old boy in federal custody who appeared in immigration court without his parents in Phoenix briefly played with a ball, drank for a bottle, and then cried hysterically as he was about to leave the courtroom Friday, according to the Associated Press. But he was eventually granted a voluntary departure order so the government can fly him to Honduras, where his father has already been sent. The little boy, identified in court only as Johan, was one of the children who appeared in the Arizona court Friday without parents. One boy held up five fingers when the judge asked him his age. Judge John Richardson said he was embarrassed to ask. If you understood the proceedings, the AP reported, I don't know who you would explain it, how you would explain it, unless you think a one-year-old could learn immigration law. Immigration advocates have complained about children going to court, calling it stressful and frightening. People in immigration proceedings, even children, are not guaranteed an attorney, although most unaccompanied minors do appear with representation. There are no physical accommodations for children, many of whom can't even see over defense tables without booster seats. 
there are booster seats, no teddy bears. It's a, um, a criminal. It's, it's a, a cold. In immigration court. And these kids are sitting in chairs that are too big for them. Their feet don't even touch the floor. An immigration attorney, uh, I don't know where, how to pronounce her name. Lindsay Toskowski. Yeah, close enough. Uh, I told CNN last month, Johan, who did have an attorney, was, uh, oh, he did. The little guy had an attorney. Was reportedly separated from his dad at the U.S. border. AP did not report the reason for their separation or the timing. The Trump administration acted a zero-tolerance immigration policy earlier this year to refer all illegal border crossers to criminal prosecution and led to thousands of children being split by their parents. And some parents were deported without children after signing a waiver. Trump countermanded his own separation policy with an executive order he signed June 20th. But now his administration is under court order to reunite children with families. Some 3,000 migrant children remain in custody. Uh, government custody after being separated from their parents, and about a hundred thousand of, uh, yeah, a hundred of them are under the age of five, according to Department of, Ag- of Department and Human Services. The New York Times has reported that some records on uh, on the separated families have been lost or even destroyed, and raised the possibility that some children may never be reunited with their families. In addition, the U.S. has already deported at least 19 parents of children under the age of five and in federal custody. This is criminal. That was deliberate. Yeah, it's so criminal. A federal well, they had no intention of reuniting these kids. No, and uh, the only reason they would do that is for sex trafficking. That's the only reason. Why would they do it otherwise? Why? What What possible reason would they well, have to, 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 to separate? I have no to, answer for that. We well, don't the only answer is these goddamn people are sex trafficking. ICE is a sex trafficker, Trump is a sex trafficker, and Sessions is a sex trafficker, and I believe that with all of my heart, all right? These guys are crooks, criminals, and they knew, all right? They just knew it. You know, it's just, oh, man, I, I just I just can't. I, it, it, there's no other reason for this. There is no other reason for this, all right? And lawyers from the uh, Health and Human Services asked for an extension last week and argue that federal officials shouldn't be required to reunite children with parents who have already been deported. Judge Dana Sauber, who said the deadline, is set to hold the hearing Monday on the extension request, but only in specific cases where the government can demonstrate that it's necessary. She said Friday that the government must reunite children with their parents, even if the parents have already been deported. All right. So, you know, it's like, what a, what a, what a farce, you know? But immigration leaders condemn immigration policy. Religious leaders. Oh, yeah, immigration court. Sorry. If that'll ever come up, probably in the next lifetime. I forget about it. It's floating. Yeah, but it take, then they get a 15-second ad, and then they go poof. You can skip that. I go, no, you can't. They won't let you skip that. Here's a great idea. They won't let you skip that. And for and it ain't worth listening to it, believe me. So anyway, that's a pretty sad story. Huh? Very sad. Very sad. There we go. Parkland survivors launch tour to register young voters and get them out in November. Good. I hope. I hope they. Uh, I do too. Continue uh, honestly, I do because uh, those poor were, kids. Yeah. And. Uh,
just to this China business. Three months ago, the students from South Florida established uh, themselves as a potent force in the gun debate mm -hmm. um, with the March for Our Lives rally. This summer, they're hitting the road with a new mission, turning the wave of young activism. They uh, helped spark into an energy voting block for the mid November midterm elections. At the uh, annual end-of-year uh, peace march in Chicago, organized by uh, Catholic, some Catholic Church. Uh, St. Sabina Catholic Church, yeah. Grammy-winning Chance, the rapper, and Jennifer Hudson, along with former U.S. Representative Gabrielle Giffords, joined the Parkland survivors to launch a bus tour called Road to Change. It's a voter mobilization effort aimed at getting young people registered and keeping them energized through the summer. And where's the tour going? There's the list right there, Theo, if you would go up a little bit. Oh, you want to read every town? Yeah, uh, just, just so people know where they're going. Well, it's already passed. <laughs> well, some. June tour dates is all they got. So no? Yeah, July and August dates coming soon. They haven't said it yet. Oh, okay. You know, this thing is only showing the few towns that they've this They've been a lot of places, though. Yeah. They've been to Chicago and Minneapolis yeah. and Jacksonville. Even Standing Rock Reservation. Oh. Uh, yeah. yeah. A nationwide tour will make 50-plus stops in more than 20 states, including Iowa, Texas, South Carolina, and Connecticut. Oh. They will also be in a Florida tour stopping in all 27 of the state's congressional districts. The main purpose of this tour is just not to educate people on gun violence and what we can do to prevent gun violence, but also to register more people to vote. The movement will not be endorsing any candidates on the tour. Organizers plan to stop in places that have been affected by gun violence and also areas where there is a strong pro-gun culture. Okay, Andy Bernstein has the national nonprofit Headcount, which partners with reading recording artists like Jay-Z, Pearl Jam, and the Dave Matthews Band to register voters at music concerts. I really think that the Parkland students have done something remarkable, that they've made voter registration cool, Bernstein says. I don't think even the most popular musicians in the world can do on their own what the Parkland kids did. Headcount registered voters at the March for Lives, Our Lives rally in D.C. in March and will do the same on the bus tour. But by and large, young voters do not tend to show up uh, to the polls in the midterm elections. According mm -hmm. to the Census Bureau in the late midterm cycle, only 23% of 18 to 34-year-olds voted. Oh, my God. Well, maybe they'll vote this When time. narrowed to 18 to 24, that fell to just under 16%. There are signs that anti-gun violence movement is having an impact on potential young voters, according to uh, Kikawashima Ginsburg. <laughs> Jesus, what a name. Ki Kikawashima Ginsburg. Kawashima. Is, uh, slash Ginsburg. Yeah, Kawashima uh, Ginsburg. Who is the director of Center of uh, Civic Relations and Engagement at Tufts University. Okay, crunching available voter, uh, I don't care about this, all it all is, is this is this happened last month, and it's, they're going to be doing different things this month. Well, oh, I hope you care about it. I think it's well, important. Well, I, I don't thing. care about reading the whole thing. It's 3,000 paragraphs for nothing. All right, it just basically gets out the, the message that they're doing it. Uh, La-di-da and good news. I hope they do. 
Sally Hemings was just 14 years old when Thomas began having using her for sex. Um, Hemings uh, was 16 years old when she had her first child by him. This continued unabated for decades. It's not love, it's not romantic, it's sexual assault and sexual abuse. The children that were produced from this were also forced into slavery. Again, that's not love or kindness. It's unspeakable horror. I genuinely view men I genuinely view men like Thomas Jefferson in the same way I view any other intelligent, gifted leader who also happened to be cruel beyond belief. He was a monster, owning, buying, and selling, and trading, and raping human beings. No matter what year or era you did such a thing is monstrous. That's right. What's what? particularly, what particularly interesting about Jefferson is that he was smart enough and educated enough to know full well the institution of slavery was wrong. In his only published book, Notes on the State of Virginia, Jefferson openly stated he knew slavery was morally evil, and the nation would eventually have to account to God for what it had done to tens of millions of enslaved Africans. Allow me to translate that for you. Thomas Jefferson was not some victim of time because he just happened to be born in an era in which people were confused as to whether slavery was evil. He knew good, well, good and well it was evil and then as it would be today, but he deliberately and purposefully maintained the system of slavery, not in, only in his own life, but also for the nation. As president of the United States, he did absolutely nothing to slow down slavery. Um, at the as the physical owner of 600 human beings who openly admitted he knew that he was doing was evil, he made a daily decision to be evil. And I accept that Thomas Jefferson played a vital role in the modern founding of what we now come to know as the United States of America. But he should not be celebrated as any in any way. He should not have statues or be on money or even have a monument celebrating his positive contributions. In recent American history, statues and memorials of Penn State's legendary football coach, Joe Paterno, were taken down because he knew of sexual abuse happening and did nothing to substance to stop it. That's true. Jefferson is far worse than Joe Paterno, uh, and Thomas Jefferson is, is, Jerry, is, is Jerry Sandusky. And here, and where I come from, men like Sandusky don't deserve statues or memorials, no matter how important their contributions were. Every single time Jefferson is honored, it is a choice to actively ignore the evil that he did. And he, he's right. I never I, thought about it in that yeah, way well, it's because, been because so I well. always admired Thomas Jefferson for his contributions. But we didn't know the the the, the horrendous side of him. No, you know? I never looked at it in the well, in this there way. Well, there hasn't been a whole lot of history written about the worst side of him. No. Okay, and now that they're opening up those slave quarters, there's six even six hundred of them. Wow. Yeah, I'm pretty sick, man. I'm a sick dude. Nestle's ice mountain bottled water leaves nothing for Michigan's trout. Oh, they're taking all the water. Yeah, they're taking all the water. That's the entire lake. The company wants to increase its groundwater withdrawal to 400 gallons a minute. The community citizen scientists say enough is enough. 
public gathering for a hearing in Nestle's groundwater pumping station in April. Um, ankle deep in water, 83-year-old Jim Maturin unreeling his fishing line and watching it plunge into Michigan's Chippewa Creek. Attached to the end was a thermometer. Uh, when the water temperatures appeared to the, on the display, retired uh, surveyor John Leno scribbled down a piece of paper. The two men then moved in around a section. They were looking for the temperature of the water, I guess. Uh, later that month, they went back to the yardstick to measure the creek's depth, and they were low, too low for trout. Um, so they're, they're, they're bottling and they're sucking out all the water out of the creek. Mm-hmm. what they're doing. And, um, and this country, this country, this, uh, it's a long, long article. But, um, you know, they want, if you're, if you're interested in this article, um, you can go to uh, nrdc.org. And uh, it's Nestle's Ice Mountain Bottled Water Leaves Nothing for Michigan's Trout. They're just depleting That's the kind entire creek. Yeah, they're depleting the water problem. You to stop a company like that. Now this this goes. Um, I know we're, we're we're now out of time. We're, we've gone past, but we're we're in re- recording mode, so we'll record more. Um, we've gone on for half an hour now. Um, Supreme Court Justice Anthony Kennedy agreed to re- retire if Trump promised to replace him with Brett Kavanaugh. Isn't that interesting? Hmm. He made a deal with him because Kavanaugh was his clerk. said Kennedy felt comfortable retiring after Trump team assured him that he'd choose a suitable list of replacements. And he, uh, but he wanted Kavanaugh, who was his uh, law clerk. And Trump uh, and have been negotiating Supreme Court Justice Anthony Kennedy's retirement for months, according to a new report. Wow. Kennedy agreed to retire at the end of the term uh, that concluded last month after providing a list of suitable replacements to uh, President Donald Trump that included the uh, name of former law clerk reporter uh, uh, NBC. On Monday, the president held up his uh, end of the bargain by nominating Brett Kavanaugh and conservative former Kennedy clerk. So that's how he got it. He made a deal. Imagine that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean it's just you know it's just it's just dirty. And, and it turns out that um, um, what's his name uh, Kennedy's son. Mm-hmm. All right, is 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 a is a direct dealer for Deutsche Bank and and has given uh, Trump and his son, they're close friends with his son, all right, who who's given them over a billion dollars in loans, all right, yeah, negotiated over a billion dollars in loans to Kushner and Trump, all right, I mean what a dirty bunch of freaking dirt, man, you know, for this to go on, I, the guy is the dirtiest of dirt. Trump is the dirtiest of dirt. I don't even know. This this made you sick. Trump sided with formula manufacturers to try to stop a pro breastfeeding resolution in the United Nations. Ready for that? Huh? Can you imagine that guy being such an asswipe that he would do that? What an asshole would do that? Alright? The United States pressured other countries to stop a resolution that promoted breastfeeding at the United Nations, 
according to the New York Times. The resolution ultimately passed in a compromised form, removing language that called on the World Health Organization to stop countries trying to stop inappropriate promotions of food for infants and young children. Initially, the Trump administration wanted to remove language that called on governments to protect, promote, and support breastfeeding, as well as, as, well as other portions of the resolution. Can you imagine how, how, how heartless and, and brain-dead Nikki Haley really is to promote that kind of shit at the U.N.? I mean, she has just got to be the most ruthless, heartless piece of human flesh that there is. God damn, Nikki Haley. Just when I thought the uh, uh, the cabinet member for education oh, was the dumbest. Oh, my DeVos. God. We can't sh- Nikki Haley passed. No, no, no. DeVos did something even worse today. Oh, no. Today? What did she do? Recently, yeah. Uh, This is just just a horrible thing. What awful Uh, appointments these people. Yeah, but they're just following his orders, just like Hitler did. All of Hitler's people followed orders. (sighs) This is funny. If Jesus looked like this, would white Christians still be Christians? (laughs) That's if Jesus was black. Uh Jesus was black, actually. He was uh, Arab. Donald uh, Trump, picked to run the IRS, didn't disclose his own multiple properties in the Trump Hotel. Ready for that? Huh. Trump's, Trump's IRS appointment cheated on his own taxes. All right? <laughs> Jesus Christ. I mean, it, just, it, just, yeah, it just doesn't get worse, man. I mean, oh, there's such crooks. There's crooks. Such crooks. It's really... It's, it's, crooks. I, I hate even reading about it because it makes me so depressed. Isn't it disgusting to know that this guy is the king of all crooks and, and he even appointed a crook for the IRS department? I mean, you know, I mean, God almighty. It just doesn't get worse than this guy. It doesn't get any worse than this guy. I thought it did. I, I thought Bush, I thought Bush was the worst guy that ever lived, you know? I still think he is, but uh, Bush Jr. But this guy takes the cake, man. This guy is even worse than Bush. If you can believe it. I think he's dirtier than than Bush. I don't think that was possible. But anyway. Hey, you know what time it is? I don't know. Well, we've gone through 30 minutes of our show already, so let's see if we got anything other good news to say. And since it's only being recorded now and we haven't got uh, on live. Uh, Over 10,000 immigrant children are now in U.S. custody at 100 shelters in 14 states. Mm. That's amazing, huh? Business insiders. Oh, Oh, yeah, this is another wingnut son of a bitch. uh, This guy... This guy is too much beyond beyond me. Uh, just beyond me. I mean, here the guy. Uh, Trump is giving a, a pardon to those to those clowns on the in, in Oregon ranchers who uh, went up against the, the you know boycotted and went up uh, you know. Oh, the um, takeover of public yeah, lands. public lands. Remember that? Yeah. Yeah. So this pardon is a win, uh, endorsing violence and extremism among his base. Trump's pardon Oregon ranchers 
who inspired right-wing militia takeover, uh, armed takeover of public lands back a couple years ago. And uh, he pardons them. Now, what the fuck? Okay, in a move that sends a friendly family message to some very dangerous people, Trump on Tuesday granted full pardons to Dwight and Stephen Hammond, father and son team of Oregon ranchers, whose 2012 conviction for arson inspired the right-wing Bundy militia's armed takeover and month-long occupation of the Mayor National Wildlife Refuge in 2016. Yep. And Trump's pardon abandons human decency to signal encouragement of violence and extremism among his base. Karan Suckling, executive director of the Center for Biological Diversity, told Common Dreams in an email denouncing the president's decision, the Hammonds are dangerous people with a long history of arson, illegal grazing, threatening uh, violence against federal officials, and child abuse. Child abuse. <coughs> oh, excuse me. Uh, the Hammonds' crime of intentionally setting a fire on public land with witnesses alleged was aimed at covering up the illegal slaughter of deer, uh, carried a minimum uh, prison sentence of five years. But a sympathetic judge decided in 212 to hand the ranchers a far lighter sentence. Prosecutors later suggested repeal, appealed, uh, successfully appealed the lenient sentence, and the Hammonds were resentenced to 200, 2015 to serve five-year sentences. Uh, brother Ammon and, Bundy, and Ryan Bundy who led the 216 armed takeover of the May National Refuge, um, uh, cited the Hammond case as the driving force behind their decision to illegally seize public property welding rifles and other firearms. Um, the Bundys and seven other members of the right-wing militia that took part in the armed occupation were acquitted for all charges in October 2016, a decision that sent, uh, set what one critic called a dangerous far-reaching precedent for the kind of paramilitary intimidation and right-wing violence that underpins their movement. Hmm. And uh, uh, Jennifer Rocola, executive director of the environmental group Center for Western Priorities, argues in a statement that by pardoning the Hammonds, Trump has sided with lawless extremists who believe that public land does not belong to all Americans. This, program, this pardon is a win only for those who, with no respect for life and basic decency. Uh, Environmental Health Director at the Center of the Biodiversity, uh, Lori Ann Bird. The Hammonds are child abusers and anti-government zealots who endangered lives when they committed arson to cover up illegally slaughtering a herd of deer. And this is, this is, this is, what, this is what Trump is pardoning in Ohio. Who, 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 who uh, you know, uh, defied a court order, you know, and went ahead and, and started, kept imprisoning, uh, 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 you know, profiling uh, uh, Hispanics. And on the last note, uh, Confederate flag coming back to South Carolina State House on Tuesday. Yeah, South Carolina saying, screw you guys. Screw you for putting back our flag. We want slavery. We like slavery. Well, that's what they're saying. 
The Confederate flag is coming back to South Carolina at least for one day. On Tuesday, members of South Carolina's secessionist party will raise the uh, rebel banner on temporary pole in front of Service Street steps. Um, the 10 a.m. ceremony will mark the three-year anniversary of the permanent removal of the flag. The last two anniversaries drew around 100 supporters for the flag who believe the flag was unfairly targeted after nine worshippers were killed in a historically black church in Charleston. Uh, uh, yeah. The year the, the group showing up for racial justice planning its own flag removal celebration for the same time as the flag raising. The event is organized by Secessionist Party, a small group that advocates for South Carolina to once again leave the Union. A bunch of crazy bastards out there. Seriously crazy, dangerous, lunatic bastards in South Carolina. Wow. Serious, crazy people. But anyway, that's the way it is. And from that point, we will end the show tonight. We will thank you very much for listening. And um, I'll be joining us again soon.